Welcome into episode nine of the Creed of Crypto podcast, where we provide immersive, essential, and evergreen strategies for the novice cryptocurrency investor. How you doing? I am your host, one half of them, ETH Moon, and I've got with me, as always, Crypto Ewok. We are in the middle of January. We've got a dipsy do, yet another dip in the crypto market today, um, as well as Hex, which is another token we obviously talk a lot about. Um, it's a new year. It's a new you, and it's new crypto news. How you doing, crypto Ewok? How you feeling today? Oh, I'm good. Other than my Steelers losing last night, I'm 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 pretty good. That was uh, quite the beating. Uh, I don't know how often <laughs> it is when your quarterback says we don't stand a chance. A team goes in and wins, but I think Pittsburgh pretty clearly probably was not really a playoff team this year, right? That's pretty accurate. I'm surprised they made it as far as they did. Yeah. Yeah, really, honestly, yeah, the fact that they even got into the playoffs. But yeah, in Kansas City, Sunday night, Pat Mahomes, that's a tough yep. there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got yeah. 45-year-old Tom, crypto Tom Brady. I'm sure you've seen the FTX commercials with Tom uh, Brady. I've seen them. Yeah. I sure have. Yeah. So um, Probably buying a Shiba Inu right now. <laughs> well, I got to ask you, as a, as a Steeler fan, um, I imagine you don't have not liked Tom Brady, but now that he's in the crypto sphere, are you becoming a Tom Brady fan? And especially now he's in Tampa, there's not really much to worry about as far as the Steelers or anything. I've always been a Tom Brady fan, actually, because of fantasy football. <laughs> um, the one, the the one league that I'm in, I've had him as a keeper for the last I don't know, twelve years probably. So, oh wow! Okay. That works out. He's, well. yeah. <laughs> so I, I've always, you know, pulled for him, except when they're playing my Steelers. But right um, now that he's in Tampa, that doesn't happen near as often. Right. Well, yeah, quite a different story for them. Yesterday, they blew out. Uh, who they? What am I forgetting? Who they play? Oh, Philly. Oh, speaking of Pennsylvania. Yeah, Eagles. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, NFL playoffs going strong, but we got a dip in the crypto markets today. We are here to talk about cryptocurrency. And, you know, a lot of people, this will be, I don't know if it's our main topic, but it's one that we wanted to get into today because, you know, we're experiencing it ourselves. Many of you are likely experiencing it as well. And um, that is uh, tax season for the next couple of months, obviously, uh, which can be quite the endeavor for the cryptocurrency investor, especially if you are a newer one. Housekeeping items I forgot to mention. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find us at Creed of Crypto. We picked up a lot of followers over the last couple of weeks as I was talking to Ewok off air um, last week. And we, you know, we talk hex a lot on this podcast. You know, Ewok um, is our resident hexpert. And, um, you know, including a shout out from the man himself, Richard Hart, on a recent, uh, a couple, I think, recent uh, streams, correct? You, uh, you shouted them out in the comments, and you actually got uh, your name read off there, correct? Yeah, twice on Christmas Day. It was pretty oh cool God, what to a hear. Christmas it. present. Wow. Yeah, right? Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, from the lips of RH himself. Uh, but in terms of uh, the, the podcast, so yeah, the last one we did, which was all about Pulse Chain, Pulse X, just a whole primer on everything. Um, the most downloads we had received for any episode double. Uh, any other episode that we have recorded so far, which just talks to the fever pitch of the Hex community um, 
What do you think about that, Ewok? What do you think about that? I mean, it's uh, our most listened to podcast talking about the ecosystem. What does this say about the hexagons? Well, it says a lot. It's a super strong community. There's a lot of exciting things happening right now. I mean, we just had almost a billion dollars in the last, what, uh, 20 days sacrificed right. for Pulse X, uh, which is going to be their AMM, their automatic um, automated market making you know, tool, swap tool. Um, Pulse Chain, the test net is running flawlessly. Um, I, I think we're really close. <laughs> and I, I, I literally think that not long after the sacrifice is over, we can pretty much go live. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm pulling for. Richard always says how difficult software is, and it can be. Um, and I know he still has a few things on his checklist uh, that they want to do. I don't think they're imperative for launch, but, you know, there's still some things to cross off the list. So. You know, the bridge is almost done. The um, uh, what else was there? There was a couple things that were big and then a few smaller things like, you know, he wants to create a wallet. You know, they want to have a fiat on off ramp, which won't happen in time for launch. But um, just some super important things that would kind of create its own vertical. You know, we wouldn't have to really mix with the rest of crypto he he would almost have his own environment and fully uh from from start to finish so pretty pretty cool would definitely be amazing yeah just to to be able to do everything you know because we've talked about like i think the the process for a noob to get onboarded into buying hex um is confusing you know when you hear especially if you're new to crypto like if you haven't even ever bought bitcoin or ethereum or anything like that the chances of you you know, easily right away picking up, okay, like buying USDC and or ETH, uh, sending it uh, to MetaMask, you know, using Uniswap and stuff like that. It, it's we. It's easy for us, you know, anybody that's obviously already dabbled, you know exactly what you're doing. But for a new onboarding person, that's a lot of stuff. So to be able to have like a just easy on-ramp into the ecosystem would be very, very cool. Um, and what you just said makes sense. Uh after the sacrifice phase, not long after for the actual snapshot for Hex to happen. What is, or remind everybody what the end date of the sacrifice phase is. I'm just wired to think it was January 10th or 9th or whatever, because that's when obviously the uh, the rate changed. But when's the actual sack phase end? Um, so end uh, of February sometime, right? <clears throat> good question. I believe the volume bonus ends on the 21st. Hang on. Let me look it up real quick because I don't want to misquote it. Yeah, I was actually going to yeah. pull it yeah. up. Yeah, the volume bonus ends on the 21st, and then the sacrifice phase ends on the 25th of February. Okay. So we're looking, I'm hoping, you know, I think mid-March is probably a safe guess. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still two months away, um, and a lot can get done in two months. That is true. Yeah, especially in this space. Two months is like a lifetime. So, yeah, a lot of exciting things on the Hex yeah. Frontier. Uh, we'll probably... And another about- yeah, go ahead. another quick thing. You know, they always say it's it's best to launch a coin in a bear market. Right. Um, I, we I know we'll probably... One. I mean, if we... Well, I mean, it's pretty <laughs> obvious that you know, we're that. down, substantially down. It's a, it's a sizable dip if it's not a bear market. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, I'll for, give you that. So... 
um, it, I think it would, could spark a lot of interest. So yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, no, I will say, no, you bring up a good point. Um, people talk about, I've heard a lot of this conversation, uh, that, you know, it's actually much better to launch something in a bear market because that kind of pumps as like everything else is down. There's more news on it. You know, you're highlighted more, um, now I don't believe we're in a bear market, but I kind of I kind of think maybe this binary, um, you know, are we in a bull or a bear market? Constant talk. I don't even know if it's becoming or if it's really that useful anymore, just because of, you know, we've heard about like the four year cycles with Bitcoin and stuff like that, and now the talk of lengthening cycles. And I truthfully don't believe you can you know what you can define these things as you want. I don't think that we're in a bear market now. I think that we're in kind of a consolidation, longer term dip within a bull market. Um, I don't think we're in a bear market, but um, certainly understand why people would go there. I know Richard Hart, you know, beats that drum, you know, and I understand why people would think that. Uh, I, I don't think we are. I think we're in for some good stuff in 2022. But that being said, I mean, like, I don't know where the market will be whenever the actual snapshot happens. But either way, you know, it's it's good stuff all around. I mean, people are paying attention to hex. I don't think eventually the the market at large may not matter that much anymore, right? Well, because hex is mostly decorrelated from everything except USD, it doesn't matter what the rest of the market does. Um, but as you, if you look at the chart, I mean, seventy days, pretty much of somewhat downward pressure. Um, I don't know, not very bullish. But again, for the hex fans. It, we're so decorrelated. My only fear is because Pulse Chain will be a fork of Ethereum. There will be a bridge. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to work with that being somewhat tied to Ethereum, um, other than the ratios. So, you know, we'll have to see what the main trading pair is. But if if one of the main trading pairs for um, Pulse is ETH, then we could see a direct correlation and a, a tighter, um, uh, you know, a tighter fit when it comes to the, the rises and falls of the rest of crypto. Right. So we'll, we'll definitely have to see how that works out. Yeah, going to be interesting for sure. A lot on the horizon there. Um, but let's talk a little bit about um, an exciting topic. And you know what? I, I make fun of it like it isn't exciting. But frankly, it's stuff that you do need to know, and that is how to handle crypto taxes. Now, if you missed it, I was actually going to just go back and check when we did that episode. We did a very comprehensive, full-blown crypto tax episode very early on uh, in this podcast. Um, if you look, I don't know why my app won't load, but I believe it was maybe our third episode. If you go back, um, it was yeah, it's our funny. fourth one. Fourth, fourth episode. <laughs> I think it was a... Yeah, yeah, it's called understanding third or fourth taxes. I, yeah, I just wonder how many of those laws have changed since then, if any. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, you never know with tax law, so you got to be up to date as much as possible. Definitely very important. I don't think much has that was on October twelfth, so just, just about three months ago. So um, I think a lot of it still applies, but uh, we're going to get into the actual tools that can be super helpful whenever you're dealing with crypto taxes, but. Ewok, can you kind of talk about some of the things to really look out for and maybe a step-by-step, -step, like if you're doing your year in review, what's going to be important for you to look at when looking at your crypto taxes and being able to report it correctly? Um, 
as far as software goes, well, um, what I was thinking is what I, I'll kind of say the direction that I was thinking here is number one. Um, I think the maybe maybe I'm actually fast forwarding too much. Like, let's go back this way. So let's go back to 2021, and let's say at some point you bought. We'll just make this easy. You bought some Ethereum at uh, a certain price. It appreciated. It did a two x on you, and you decided you wanted to take profits there. So at that moment, for example, when you do that. Obviously, you cash it out, you go back into USDC. That is a taxable event. That's capital gains. That what The example I gave would be short-term capital gains as long as you purchased it, uh, bought the asset within uh, the same 12-month period, and then cashed it out. Um, when you do something like that, or if or you have done it in the past, or anyone in this example would do it, knowing that it is a taxable event, do you think it is a good practice to put a portion of that just then and there aside and like a little fund or whatever as just your, you know, forecasting forward your taxes? Or how how would you go about doing that? And if you do that, how much do you set aside? Are you going to set aside like, I don't know, a third of it just to be sure? Or what would you do if you were cashing out like that, knowing it's a taxable event? Well, first of all, I want to stress that I'm I'm not a tax advisor so please consult your uh, professionals for this but um, I think everybody handles it a little differently I think depending on the amount of profit um, and how much it really affects your tax bracket uh, whether it's short term or long term capital gains is is another thing um, it, it also depends on if you've got other losses so I, I mean I don't necessarily, think that putting it aside immediately is a bad thing. It just may not be necessary depending on your situation because everybody's a little different. Um, I, I do think there are ways to kind of help yourself. Um, donating to a, a, a registered charity is a great example um, of doing good and kind of canceling out a lot of those gains. Now, um, De again, depending on what level you're at, whether you're um, trading a, a large amount, which most case, if you're trading a lot, most people get, get wrecked. Right. Um, so, you know, for more longtime holders, if you've been in the market for probably more than three years, you probably do have some profits um, if you've just held the coins. So um, I, I think it, it everybody's different. The situation kind of has to be tailored to you um, and only you know where you're at. Now, they still have not um, instituted a law saying that you can sell and buy back immediately. I know you have to wait 30 days in the stock markets to do that, um, to um, kind of capture losses, mm -hmm. but you don't have to do it in crypto yet. However, there is discussions on the table um, about instituting a very similar law so that you can't just um, grab some losses real quick and then buy it back. So um, that is a, a strategy to help offset some um, gains as well. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different strategies. Just, you know, I, I would say read <laughs> as many strategies as you can um, and kind of tailor your own situation to what works best. Yeah, and... Um... 
And definitely go back and, like I said, listen to that previous episode we did, because we actually went down straight from the IRS many bullet points actually within the tax code. So I know that sounds wildly entertaining. Um, It'll definitely help you out, though, however. And something else I want to dispel, I don't know how much this is out there. I know you know this policy, Ewok, but... I've heard people that I consider to be credible, even as recent as three, four years ago, um, which again, a lot changes in that time frame in the world of crypto and in the the terms of the IRS dealing with crypto. Uh, But there were people making the argument, and at the time, I actually think they were correct, that when you would do, for example, let's say I've got a uh like a small cap coin that's really pumping oh i don't know let we'll pick phantom because that's exactly what it's doing it's like been a star recently so let's say you've got like phantom right now and you're like you know what i want to i want to re-up like the safer portion of my portfolio i'm going to take some profits from phantom and put it back into ethereum there were people a few years ago and again they may have been right at that time that would have classified that as a like kind exchange uh, in other words, meaning that that is not a taxable event, that, um, you know, th- these were like assets of a similar kind. And they, they were basing it off. I don't know if it was off a real estate thing. I'm probably saying a lot of dumb shit right now, but um, they, they defined it as that to where it wouldn't be a taxable event. That is very clearly not the case any longer if it ever was. Um, the IRS did make it clear that those kind of exchanges are definitely taxable events. So if you would do that, uh, whatever your cost basis was for Phantom in the example I just gave, that is something that you would owe taxes on. Is that how you understand that, Ewok? Yeah. Anytime there's a buy and sell of any kind of asset into another, um, it is a taxable event. So you're essentially ending whatever coin you had um, and at that point in time, getting your new one. And that is your cost uh, moving forward for as far as profits or losses go right okay so if you went from bitcoin to phantom the second that happened if you had any kind of profit in the bitcoin that would have to be realized at that point and then you enter your next position which is phantom and you wouldn't have another taxable event until you either cashed out into another coin or um into usd gotcha yep yeah that makes sense so before we get into um, some really good practices and as far as, like you mentioned earlier, like software and how you actually take care of your crypto taxes, which we are going to talk about, Ewok, since you've been in this game uh, long enough to you know experience a lot, and again, anybody that's been in this since 2016, 2017, like yourself, I, I can't stress enough how it's it's as if you were in the stock market for 15, 20 years, you know, so many things happen and you've experienced so many crazy different things, ups and downs, wild and crazy stuff. But before the IRS um, got more of a handle uh, on the crypto space and like how things should be handled and things like that, um, how much, I mean, what was, when you did taxes, it was the Wild West, I imagine, back in those years in the past. I mean, did you even have an idea how to totally report this stuff? Were you kind of just manually putting transactions in? I mean, how was it, you know, four, three, four, five years ago? Um, and then we'll get into now. But how were you able to handle that stuff um, at that time? Well, it was a nightmare. Um, in fact, I think 
in that episode, I also talked about the love letter I got from the IRS because I didn't claim them because I knew I lost money. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was easier to not claim it until they catch up with you and say you owe them a lot of money. But, you know, when I went back and redid it, it turned out that I, you know, I made out in the deal, but not everybody is going to be that lucky. Um, things have come a long way. Um, there is now a bunch of tax software, many different um, things that are available to you where you can just put your wallet address in and it will essentially read through it, pull all your transactions, and then you can classify them how you want. Um, there's a lot of things where you know, you can either do lost coins if you've lost a wallet, um, but you do want to start from day one of your crypto because that's how it captures your buy price. So if you're a longtime holder and, um, you know, maybe two or three years ago, you don't want just your transactions from the last tax year. You want all of them in order to be able to capture your profits and losses in full. So keep that in mind as well. I think that is very important. That's something you and I were discussing recently, and I don't think people realize. Like, you you don't necessarily just want to import, you know, data from whatever it may be, whatever exchange you're using, Kraken, Coinbase, Gemini, Crypto.com, whatever it may be. You don't want to just import the year 2021. You want to import everything from day one that you've had with crypto so it knows what a long it's mainly so that it knows what a long and short-term capital game would be correct correct yeah you you have to have an entry point or it will assume it at zero and i can guarantee that if anybody had bitcoin they didn't get it at zero (laughs) but if you don't capture that purchase price it's going to assume it so you know it it could be a a very substantial gain if, if you don't include that information yeah, and you will notice it uh, if that is the case. So be very wary of that. Now let's let's actually focus on where we are today, and that's with a bevy of different um, crypto tax tools. You know, if you're one of the normal people that uses something like a TurboTax or Tax Act, or I don't even know any other ones, but just some different online software, or maybe you actually have an account. You know, there's people out there that still have a tax preparer to go to H and R Block or Jackson Hewitt or whatever it may be. Um, for crypto, the the thing is, you may even realize with those tax professionals that they are not even very well versed on that. It's, it's tough to find that as well, although I'm sure you can. Um, but we have plenty of software now specifically for crypto. So you may be, you know, let's talk to the average uh, American, which is, you know, mainly who we're talking to here and, and, you know, what we focus on, um, you, 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 you know, you're going to be using something like TurboTax. You will have a section there where they will ask you if you have invested in digital currency, as they call it, you know, have a couple basic questions, but you really want to do your specific reporting, even if you just are holding a few coins or don't have tons of transactions on a crypto specific software. And we want to announce today that we are brought to you by Coinly. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, we are going to talk <laughs> about Coinly. And I know there's some other ones. You can speak to them too, Ewok. But um, Coinly, from from my experience, is just beautiful interface, easy to use. Um, before we get into that, though, t- t- talk about some other ones. I, how many do you know of? Because there's a lot. I think there's like six to eight very credible crypto tax resources. If, if I'm um, 
Yeah, I've I've really only ever used two of them. I I used Crypto Trader Tax, uh, Crypto Trader dot Tax, um, I believe is their website, um, and then Coinly.com is the one that I found and just really liked the um, the interface, the, how easy it was to connect your wallets. Um, you can set it up with an API so that if you do have an onboard such as Coinbase, Coinbase Pro, um, if you set up the API, it will you just press a button and it it reads your information um it cannot access your funds or anything like that it's based on an api so don't worry about that it's very secure and then if you have a ethereum wallet you just pop the address in um and again just hit the button and it refreshes and then you can go in and specify okay this was a trade this was a loss this was a gift this was i mean you can do a lot of things um and and the one thing you know, that, that I do with the hex stakes is I, I mark them as into a pool and out of a pool um, because that way it, it, it only registers the income that comes back out. So it's a first in first out from the pool, which means you're only capturing the interest. So, so if you didn't do that, I don't want to get too far down those weeds, but because you said it, I don't want to forget about it. So if you, um, that's the way that you capture just the interest that you're earning on the hex. Now, if you didn't right. do that, would it be capturing the interest as a- It would come out as a full amount into your wallet, which is the full amount at that time. Um, and you would be essentially overtaxed. <laughs> mm, okay, I gotcha. All so right. you have to be really careful. Yeah, yeah, definitely to, to separate that out. Um now, uh, so we're talking about Coinly here, and that's just spelled K-O-I-N-L-Y. It Terrific interface. Everything Ewok said is correct, basically. Um, you can hook a wallet right up to it, just putting in an ETH address, like from a MetaMask or something like that, uh, using the API from whatever exchange you have. It's, it's very, very easy. I mean, you know, for as much as we use the TurboTaxes and those kind of softwares of the world, I think like what you've got in Coinly and some of these other ones is like just another great example of it only for crypto um i think it's fantastic and i know they have a few different levels like they have like a, a hodler level that's like a hundred bucks and then they have like a trader that if it's more than a thousand transactions or something like that um but it's really comprehensive and then basically what they'll do is just give you a little report at the end of it after you've imported all your data you know your wallets your exchanges everything like that um it's going to take into account any fees that you may have paid. So, you know, don't worry about that. You'll also be given back whatever you deserve for those as well. It'll give you a nice little report uh, in a CSV just to download, and you can take it right over to the regular tax preparer of your choice, like a TurboTax, upload it onto there, and it just copies it over. And they, they recognize Coinly as a provider for that. And I, frankly, I, I think, you know, some people... I've read a lot of articles about taxes recently just because it's that time of year. And apparently 25% of Americans worry about that they're going to be audited. Um, some people that may be early on in like investing in crypto, I'm sure that percentage is higher just because, you know, it's an asset that is is more rare. Not a lot of people are investing in it, one or 2% of the entire world. So they may think that the IRS's, you know, red flags may go up just for the simple fact that they're invested in crypto. But I think that we should be encouraged in the fact that, you know, it, it, if you're reporting everything exactly as is and going to the extent to go out, pay for another service, upload all those specific transactions and put them on there, 
I mean, to me, that would look like somebody who's, you know, showing all the skeletons, <laughs> if you will, and is being honest about their transactions. I mean, isn't that what you would think, Ewok? Yeah, I mean, I think as much open and <laughs> honesty is is what they're looking for it kind of takes you off of their radar and in who they're you know looking for for trying to beat the system so yeah yeah it's definitely uh definitely a great tool i would highly recommend coinly check it out but um you know i the one thing is just not to to let this stuff stress you out you know there's enough other stuff going on with the markets going up and down and things like that the tax part of it just make sure you actually get right by using um, one of those services. But uh, transitioning on from that, unless do you have any other thoughts on taxes, Ewok, or things to look out for? Well, I think we covered it. I mean, like I said, you know, still contact your professional advisor if you have one. Um, get it right. L like we said, you don't want, that's not something that you want to do is go through an audit. Um, so, and if you put information in, incorrectly from the beginning, you're going to have bad information. So just be careful, talk to a professional, um, even if it's just a, a consultation uh, to see what they recommend. You know, many professional accountants really don't know crypto either. So mm -hmm. um, I, I think going with a software that does it for you, um, they're getting better every year. They know the, the laws for what state you're in. So um, I, I really think that's your best bet. Something I want to transition into, and we can kind of let this take off the rest of the show, is, um, you know, we were talking earlier, kind of back to the state of the market. We have a little bit of a dip today. You know, whoop-de-doo, it happens. But, um, and we're recording this here on Monday, uh, the 17th, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, actually. Um, so we... You know, we've, we've been in a downtrend or a chopping sideways or whatever you want to call it for a while. I saw a funny stat the other day that Bitcoin was right around 42,000, uh, like early mid January in 2021 and was at the same price in 2022, uh, on the same day. Only the, um, fear and greed index was all greed in 2021, of course, and now it's exponential fear, of course. So mm -hmm. kind of an interesting uh, little tidbit. But uh, when the markets are, quote unquote, down, you know, and that's that's all relative. It depends on your cost base. So if you bought Bitcoin in 2010, uh, you, you feel pretty good right now. Um, if you bought it um, at 69K, you're not feeling as good. Um, but I want to talk about in times of turbulence in the market, we have this beautiful thing now that back in, you know, 2017, 2018, we didn't have yield. You know, there, there wasn't all these mechanisms to um, much like the U.S. stock market or what used to be called high yield savings accounts, which now are pretty much useless. You know, there, there was no real opportunity to yield on the coins you were holding. It's just like, okay, hodl, ride out this volatility and hey, hopefully I'm a moon boy someday. Um, but now we have this awesome opportunity with a lot of different coins, Hex obviously being a big one, but with many different cryptocurrencies to be able to earn yield. Um, whether that now, the, and there, there's multiple ways of doing it. You know, you can do that in a DeFi way where you own your keys, you own your crypto, and you, um, you know, have it maybe in your own wallet and you're earning yield that way. 
Then you also have the more centralized platforms where you're literally, you know, you're loaning out your coins to earn the interest, which some people would swear against. Some people are all for. I'm not here to debate that necessarily. But I'm here to talk about, you know, the fact that we're able to yield when prices are down and how I think that can kind of calm people's nerves whenever that happens. Um, so, you know, Ewok, if you could talk a little bit about, because I know you being involved in Hex, obviously, I mean, that's the name of the game. There really isn't tons and tons of turbulence, I think, in Hex. Obviously, the price goes up and down, but you're always, you know, you've got your T-shares and you're earning more and more Hex. So in terms of that, talk a little bit about, about how that can kind of calm you in a downturn. Because you know in the back of your mind, like, I'm still earning interest on all this. Well, yeah, and I will go back to the one point that you did make. And centralized yield has a risk. Um, I will swear it up and down and try to tell you to stay away from it. But ultimately, what you do is your call um, for the listeners or for anybody. Um, you know, there is strictly ways to do this without putting yourself in jeopardy of never getting those coins back. Um, the platform going down and disappearing, a hack happening. Um, there, there's many things that can happen. Uh, I just, I, I will stick to my guns saying that decentralized DeFi um, in your own wallet is the best way to go. Um, but to answer your question, when the market is doing a downturn, and you're making, you know, the percentages of yield, you can withstand a larger dip knowing that you're getting more of those coins uh, on a daily basis. So, you know, you can probably withstand a 40% dip um, and still be at the same ratio over a period of time. Uh, and then when the price goes up, you've got that many more of them. So it, it's, it's, it's a very safe hedge um in a in a downturn um and when you have them locked up for a longer period of time you're saving yourself against selling at the bottom <laughs> right you, you know you don't want to punish yourself by getting in at a top and selling at a bottom which so many people do um you know because they think it's going to go further uh and the next thing you know that they turn around and that was the bottom and here it goes and now they've got to buy back in higher um so not only, again, are you saving you from yourself, um, you're able to withstand a much larger dip and it has less effect on your actual uh, portfolio. So I, I, th I think it's, it, it's a great hedge in a, in a bear market. You know, plus the time that, you know, when the price of whatever crypto it is, is down, um, and you're yielding on that and making those extra coins because this market fluctuates so much. And, you know, you can expect, you know, multiple X's of whatever the coin is over the next few years if you're picking the right ones. Um, you have this exponential growth because you're accruing all these cheap coins just by sitting there yielding on them, you know, by, by locking them up. And, you know, you brought up a good point, Ewok, and we'll, we'll get a little bit to the, the hex portion, although I think some people are familiar with the different staking systems there. But, Kind of just going down some of the bigger coins, the L1s and L2s on, um, you know, like a uh, the big board. I don't want to use coin market cap, whatever, whatever site you want to use. Um, there's so many different ways to earn yield. I mean, you can earn 
not a lot, five to seven percent on like Bitcoin and Ethereum on different platforms. And this is up to you to go find out, you know, where to do it and what's best for you. But I, I generally agree with Ewok. I mean, I would like to stay DeFi wherever possible. But just going down the list, I mean, like uh, Solana, you can yield in the Exodus wallet, which again, you control your keys there. Um, uh, Terra Luna, you can get wild yield on Polkadot and Kusama. They have their own native wallet called the Fearless Wallet, where you can literally just earn yield right within that wallet instead of putting it anywhere else. There's so many of these that you can do it in a DeFi fashion, um, if you so please, if that's what you prefer. Now, there will be bigger opportunities on centralized platforms generally. But again, as Ewok said, uh, that risk assessment is up to you. If that's something that you're okay doing, go ahead and do it. But there's, there's many different ways to earn crazy amounts of yield here. Um, we've touched on it a little bit before, but like Hex is designed in such a different way, Ewok. Do you, um, because a lot of these other ones, you're basically like, I can just, I can speak to Polkadot and Kusama. Polkadot, and this is a little weird, but if you have the fearless wallet, the lockup time is a, it has to be 28 days, which is a little, uh, inconvenient, you know, depending upon what it is you want to do. If you unlock those coins, you have to wait pretty much a month to, Get them and then do whatever you want to do. Kusama, it's only a seven day. Um, many of these are just a couple days. You know, if you stake and unstake, you, you get them back basically. Um, with Hex, you can kind of do just whatever you want. I mean, there are um, smart and dumb reasons for doing different links, but I mean, you could do a day stake, you could do a 15 year stake. Um, mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about actually having the choice to do it. And what's kind of the optimal way to do it with that token? Well, I think the ultimate play with Hex is definitely having a staking ladder. Um, as you know, the, the, the product itself is based around the T-shares, right? So when you have your T-shares, they are only going up in price. Um, well, actually, I'll rephrase that. They're only going up in the amount of hex that it takes to get a T-share. Right. The price can fluctuate, so the actual price of the T-share can go up and down a little bit. Um, but the the cost in T-share to get those, um, or the cost in hex to get the, the T-share is only going up. So the only thing that looks better than the hex chart is the hex T-share chart. Um, it is even more up and to the right since the beginning than the actual price so um uh, your total play is to stake long first mm -hmm. and then work your way back with with your staking ladder um for a lot of people they do once a year um i've seen some do quarter quarterly for every year um it, it just depends on on where you're at with um the amount of hex that you hold and your timetable i mean you know somebody that's 70 years old may not want to stake 15 years because you know they really don't know what their future holds however there's a lot of 20 18 20 year old people that are going to end up with three 15 year stakes you know and could be <laughs> wildly wealthy um at the end of that so you know everybody's a little bit different i still say the staking ladder uh, is your ultimate key and, and you can do it as much as you want. You know, I mean, you could have it once a month for 15 years. That's a lot of hex. Uh, but if you if you got in at the beginning, that's something that you could potentially do. 
um, and have once a month payouts, you know, so, you know, everybody's going to be a little bit different on when they want their money to come out. You can set it for your birthday. You can set it for a graduation. You can set it for a wedding anniversary. You know, maybe you have a, a 10 year anniversary coming up um, that you want to put some hex aside for a vacation that you want to take. Um, just it's crazy the you know the flexibility that you get with the contract being able to pick the amount of days and the amount of time so yeah 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 and just like i said just the and, and the fact that it isn't just hex now i mean it's all so many of these coins across crypto that you are able to earn yield on so i think you know i would implore people i mean if you, if you are holding and you're a little bit newer to this game find out a way in which you can earn interest on those coins because it does make these rides down feel a lot smoother. You know, I think um, mm -hmm. any anybody that's invested in the regular U.S. equities market, I mean, like, you're a little bit more calm, even though we probably shouldn't be anymore because that money's just uh, losing exponential value right now. But, you know, you have this idea that, like, even like go back to the COVID crash, you know, when the market went down, I don't know, 20 to 30% just based on um, whatever your portfolio may have been. That, I mean, you know, to me, that felt like nothing. And, you know, especially if you're, if you're into crypto, it's, you know, it's not really going to affect you that much, but there, there was more a sense of security. If you're involved just in like equities and bonds, and especially, you know, the higher your bond rate is the the less volatility you're going to have. But with crypto, you're, you know, the volatility is going to be there for the foreseeable future. So when you're earning that yield, Ewok, you brought up a good point that like, number one, it prevents you from panic selling because it's like, no, your coins are locked up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you can't do it. There's a lockup period. That's just the way it's going to go. But also the fact that when the market's down, you just, you know, even if you're just mildly worried about it, you can think to yourself like, well, hey, I'm I'm earning more interest in the coins a little cheaper right now. Like it just, mm -hmm. it's just that extra little, little feel good in the back of your brain that it's like, hey, I'm still earning on this, even though the markets are taking a dump right now. You know, it's right to me, it really helps with your mental health and your mental game and all this. It, you know, if you are someone who's still like checking your portfolio all day, every day, I know not everybody does that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. I'm really glad we have, and it's, you know, going to be cool to see what projects and what coins create, you know, even more opportunities for yield, I think, as we move forward, but yeah. Um, and let's not forget about, uh, li liquidity providing too. I mean, that's also another way where you can, uh, hedge the market in a downturn because, um, I know we've talked about this maybe a little bit mentioned the whole impermanent loss thing. Um, but when you provide liquidity in a downward market versus the US dollar, um, you're actually gaining more of those coins too. So it's almost like staking. Now it can turn around on you and get away from you. So also be careful. Uh, that comes with warnings to know what impermanent loss is. Uh, but in a downward market, you should end up with more of that token versus the US dollar. So um, that's also another option that you can look into and, and have some success with, you know, with the farming is what, you know, that's more the liquidity right. farming is what they call that. Um, so yeah, there's other options out there other than just staking too. 
research these heavily, you know, I mean, there's tons of content on YouTube to find out different ways to go. And frankly, like some people might laugh at me for this, but I actually find Reddit to be like a pretty awesome resource sometimes. I mean, like you can really find out like, you know, if you're having problems like figuring out how to purchase a certain coin or you don't understand the bridging process of it or whatever, you, you can find some good info as long as you go and back it up somewhere. Um, from like reading Reddit forums. I mean, I, I find yeah. a lot of value in those. Um, I don't know if you've had experience with that, but I, to me, it's, I think people probably think that about Reddit across any subject. I mean, like not that they're, they're experts or anything, but like, I think there's a case to be made that Reddit could be one of the like, uh, realist places to go get information. Don't you agree? Yeah, you have to be, <laughs> you're right. You have to be careful where you go because there are things that are still gatekept in Reddit that if you mention hex, you're, not only comment is deleted, but you're also kicked out of certain rooms. So <laughs> it must be a Bitcoin maxi room or something. Well, There's it a is, lot of hex it, on there. It is. Yeah. It is. But I mean, there is hex in its own, you know, right. But just be careful where you say it. So I, I'm just warning people not to go in and say, hey, my friend said about hex. And the next thing you know, you're banned and you can't get the information that you were actually looking for. So, right. Yeah, but there, there is a lot of info out there. So just make there sure, is. you know, that w with whatever you're researching, to do a lot of research on it, make sure that you choose wisely where you're going to place your yield. But that pretty much covers most of what we wanted to talk about today. Ewok, did you have anything you want to add? Or um, w what are you most excited about? Uh, I think I have an idea. But what are you most excited about here over the next couple months? And what can we all look forward to in the uh, crypto sphere? Well, you know where my heart is at, uh -huh. and it's gonna be gonna be with Mr. Richard and his projects coming out. Um, I, again, super stoked about Pulse Chain, Pulse X, Hex on the Ethereum chain, Hex on the Pulse Chain. We're gonna get a copy of everything, guys. If you haven't heard about the airdrop yet, you've got to check it out. Every ERC twenty coin is going to be copied, and you're gonna get a free copy over on Pulse Chain. Um, testnet is live go play with it check it out you can um you can swap you can add the um not liquidity but you can delegate um stakes into the um into the, the staking pool um that's not the word i'm looking for the validator set mm -hmm. um you, you you know you can allocate funds there see how that works um there's just so many cool things and it's uh, super fast super cheap you know it's going to make coins that are pretty much unusable on the ethereum chain because of gas fees usable again and we're going to have you know as much as i don't push them the nft market is going to i think kind of have a comeback i think right now it's just so expensive for for that community uh to do anything with their nfts and uh this is going to have a little interesting I think resurgence of some of these things that they just couldn't use before there's total networks that are, are down because they, people can't afford the cost. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it's super exciting. It's a, it, it's a good time to be in crypto. Um, the sacrifice set for pulse X is still happening. Yes. It's a little bit, uh, the bonding curve has probably got us at, I don't know, maybe looks like about a buck 50, so for every 10,000 coins, you're going to need to put in $1.50 now instead of a dollar, which it was at the beginning, um, but still super cheap, you know, a buck 50 for 10,000. That's not a bad deal. So uh, go to pulsex.info 
to sacrifice pulsex.com uh, for the information. Uh, it, it, again, it's a, it's a really exciting time to be uh, wrapped up in these projects and, and products. So, yes, yes. And uh, one thing I didn't hear you say Ewok, although I know you were thinking it is, uh, you know, since we are in a bull market uh, later on here, probably late in the month of February, we're going to get a nice little uh, uptick towards the positive. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a parabolic top here maybe later in the spring. I know you were thinking that as well. So yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff coming throughout Dream the Dream on, of- moon boy. <laughs> a lot of fun stuff coming throughout the year 2022. Great time to be in this space for sure. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Creative Crypto Podcast, and we'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.